this hi. is uh, hi, <laughs> hi. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt. <laughs> 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 and that engineer, Santo Padre, and does yes, a great job. our engineer, Frank Santo Padre. And, it all runs together and, after and, and yeah, and I think it's uh, the peanut butter cove uh, that we're recording at. And uh, this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsession. It is. What the hell is Peanut Butter Cove? It's uh, also- that's uh, what Nutmeg changed Oh, I see. Name you to. did a it's kind a of like a you did a bizarro Cove. version. Yes. <laughs> I think it's where the plane crashed in uh, airport. Yeah. Isn't it? Now, Cove. now, Paul could, Rayburn is here too. Yes. Yeah. That, that's yeah. why if the show starts dragging, uh, it, we have an excuse. Good research takes time. Yes. Obsession. Now, do we have time to mention two people we lost? Yes, please do. In one night. Yes. In one night. They may have died and, days apart. You don't know. Yeah, but we we uh, never had either one of them on our show. They were on is, the list. Yeah, they what definitely were. Uh, one of them, I mean, I remember years ago, like maybe in the early 70s, uh, there was word going around that, uh, the Waverly Theater in New York's Greenwich Village was having a midnight showing every night of a movie called Night of the Living Dead. And me and my sister Arlene went there, and it was standing room only. And lucky enough, in the middle of the picture, two people left. And that was like, so anybody who watches the nine million TV series about undead mm-hmm. and people who eat flesh and then they turn in, the victims turn into undead and are lumbering around. It's big business now, zombies. Yeah. 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 And it's like you owe a debt of thanks to George Romero. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about that movie, every time I see it or think about it, is that the zombies moved way too slowly, you would think. To ever catch anyone, it's a little like the mummy. Right? What so point like, we've made you, about the mummy? They, you, yeah, they're like it's you just walk away, and they, but there's something relentless about it. And you know, the truck blows up. I mean, no matter what people try to do to get away, even though it, it looks like it should be easy, they can't get away. And there was something about the low budget uh, feel to that movie. Yeah, yeah. that made it real. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like it's sort of Carnival of Souls. Yes. is another movie yes. that, that I, feels that way. Yeah, yeah, it black, has that also. Black and white, low budget. Yeah, kind of eerie. Yeah, gives you the creeps. And it's not, you know, it's not like cheap jump scares and stuff. It's real. No, terror. Yeah, it just <laughs> it keeps just you at the edge of your seat for yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. And then he made uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. That had the chills of the first one, but it was also funny. Right. Like. Right. Like uh, a sick. Kind of humor, too. like right. like zombies getting their heads sliced off by by helicopter rotors. Oh yes, yes, right. <laughs> and yeah. and that it took place in a, in a shopping mall. mall, right? And when you see the zombies on the escalators, <laughs> and they look just like well, just that one's a satire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're well, then a there smart was filmmaker. Shaun of the Dead was the uh, takeoff yeah. on the takeoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he. I think he cut his teeth. I think he worked for Mister Rogers. 
in Pittsburgh, oh. George Romero. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think how he does, did. How does that make sense, <laughs> Mr. Rogers? Because they're Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're both Pittsburgh they're both boys. Pittsburgh guys. Yeah. But yeah, they're, that's they're, they're not both Pitt- zombie guys. That's why put Pittsburgh on the map I with those so. living dead Michael movie. Keaton, yeah. too, was another guy from Pittsburgh who worked on uh, on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh. Yeah, George Romero. He was a great. I tell you, these guys are irreplaceable. Him, Martin Landau. Yeah, They don't make them Landau. like this anymore. Yeah. I, I was so looking. He's the, the other one. We were so looking forward to talking to him. We yeah, were trying yeah. hard, and we thought we were getting closer. He had just done Marin's podcast. Uh, he, had, I think he'd done, uh, he'd done another one. I'm trying to remember who's, uh, whose it was. Robert Wool's. Robert Wool, his friend from Mistress. He did yeah. Robert's podcast, and we were Dick Gutman was helping us, and it was a timing thing. And then he passed. We yeah. just weren't able to 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 close the deal. Which and, was a heartbreaker. And I think he wanted to wait till he was promoting something or one of those things. I don't yeah. know what it was, but he, I would have loved to have told him. We were him. trying so hard. And uh, so, you know, those, those, ah, it's a kick in the teeth when you lose somebody like that that you think you're getting on the show. And, and uh, I forget the guy's name, but one guy tweeted me and said, rest in peace, Oscar-winning Jew, Martin Landau. <laughs> Martin Landau, with one of those careers where, you know, he was a, a showbiz survivor. I mean, because yeah. he went from from the the bottom, where, he, where uh, the part of his career where, where things were real dark yeah. when he was playing uh, the mad scientist on the Harlem Globetrotters visit oh, Gilligan's yes, Island. Yes. <laughs> and within a couple of years, he's in a Coppola picture. He's in Tucker, the man in his dream. And he, and then he crimes and misdemeanors and he worked his way back up. Yes. I mean, that's the nature of the, the vicissitudes of the business, but he worked his way back up to, and then he wins an Oscar yeah. for Lugosi. And but it, he was a guy that was on hard times and for a good while. You know, winning an Oscar and having you take Bela Lugosi seriously yeah. is a tough thing. Yeah. Because you don't want to come across as a nightclub comic doing Lugosi. And for him to make that believable is— And credit to yeah. Scott and Larry, who wrote him the part of a lifetime there in Ed, in Ed Wood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was great. He had—and, and, you know, another Brooklyn guy, another Brooklyn yes. boy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I heard— you know, he well, he once worked with Alfred Hitchcock. Sure, sure. And he said Hitchcock had seen him in something else that was like a musical or something, and or a comedy. And he says he asked Hitchcock, he goes, "Well, what made you think of casting me as the villain?" And Hitchcock said something like, "You look like you have a circus going on in your head." Interesting. <laughs> He was he, a commercial artist. He for had a while. great. He had a great face. I mean, yes. he did yeah. a great face. Yeah, and and great range. Um, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we are we have this thing called Producer of the Month on Patreon, where we're basically uh, fans and listeners can suggest a show, uh, and if we pick the idea, we just name that person Producer of the Month, and we do the show. Yeah. So we're gonna try this. We haven't done it. It's actually something new on Patreon. Um, this is one of the great honors in show business. One of the even, great honors even in show now, business? Abs- oh, the people are talking. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah Where did so, you read this? Oh, every, where in didn't I read street news? Where didn't I see it? <laughs> <laughs> the paper they used to, the homeless people used to yeah, sell on the yeah, D train? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a gentleman named Eric Rhine, who was a big fan of this show, R-H-E-I-N, uh, suggested he's the producer of the month for June. We're a month late because this is running in July, but then we didn't put it up till recently. 
Um, he's suggesting that we do a show about 70s disaster movies. And I thought that's right up Gilbert's alley. Oh, yeah. And we had talked about Irwin Allen on a previous show, but some of these are not Irwin Allen uh, movies. He was the master of disaster. Yeah. And we did a, we did a mini episode about Irwin Allen. But I, I thought, well, that's a kind of a fun idea that we could play with. And uh, I thought I'd throw some of these out at you. And Paul, feel free to listen in. I'll do some research when I consider it appropriate. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, and you'll come back to us in a year yeah, when yeah. you have the answer. Yeah, the producer, the producer of the month, a year from now, we'll Get find out. Get started on yeah. the '80s yeah. disaster movies. Right. So here we go, Gil. I think this kind of this this genre, if you will, started or subgenre started um, with uh, airport. In 1970. Oh, that's right. Now, now, was that Dean Martin? Dean Martin and Burt Lancaster and uh, Van Heflin. Oh, and in his was, last part. was Jacqueline Bissett she the sure stewardess? As hell is. She sure as hell is. And she comes back because she's in, she's in horror the, movies later. Yeah, and she's in The Day the World Ended. That's right, when time ran out. T- when, yeah, yeah, time ran out. The Day the World Ended was the name of the script. Oh, it was the name of the movie in development okay. before they changed it. And they, yes, uh, and Helen Hayes won an Oscar. For airport oh, in 1970. Wow. Did you know that? No. The, the the airport was nominated. So we think about this now as kind of like pop junk that's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, sure. Airport was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. I know. So the Towering Inferno like, was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, it's Can incredible. Can you imagine that today? Yeah. Like a cheese ball disaster yeah. movie <laughs> being nominated it's for so Best ridiculous. Picture. Yeah. yeah. And there's still this building in L.A., that's not that big a building, but I think it was used as the Towering Inferno. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, this I found out in doing my research, that the writer of Airport, the original Airport in 70, was a gentleman named George Seaton, S-E-A-T-O-N, who made one of my favorite movies, Miracle on 34th Street. So oh, how do you God. get from Miracle yes. on 34th Street <laughs> to Airport? Again, the strange twists and turns of a, of a career. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And now back to the show. It's, it, it is, somebody described it as Grand Hotel on a plane, and that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Those were the formulas <laughs> for these things. Put a bunch of stars in them and, and put them in peril. And and that's where, oh, was, was she the one that gets smacked a bunch of times on the plane? Uh, Who, Helen Hayes? You mean what they spoofed in airplanes? Hel- Helen Hayes. She's a stowaway. Yeah. Helen Hayes, I think an airplane, uh, gets smacked a couple of times and, in the original and, one. And the Zuckers parodied that in, yeah. uh, in airplanes? Because I think the- they smack her as a diversion because some guy's trying to hijack the plane or blow it up. And and she starts yelling, and they, <laughs> and it's so much fun to watch Helen Hayes get smacked. You know, it's funny because people think the Zuckers were parodying the airport movies, but that but it's really a parody of a movie called Zero Hour. Ah, uh, yeah, with yeah. what's his name, um, um, Dana um, Andrews. Dana I think. Andrews, right? And then that spawned Airport seventy five which was confusingly released in nineteen seventy four. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is odd. Yeah, because uh, Zero Hour 
had everything in it. Like I picked the wrong time yeah. to give oh, up yeah. smoking. Oh yeah, it's fun to watch it now. And and uh, George Zip and all. That's those. right. Yeah. It's fun to watch. But Airport seventy five uh, was Charlton Heston, Karen Black. One of the things these these disaster movies have always done is getting old stars. Yeah, it faded was, stars to to fill out the. It was kind of like Fantasy Island and Love yes. Boat. Well, Gloria Swanson's in this one. Helen Hayes was in the <laughs> was in the first one. I mean, uh, Fred Astaire turns yes. up in the in the Towering yeah. Inferno. Uh, it that was a bit of a, a part of the formula. Now in Towering Inferno, there's a famous football player. OJ's in the Towering Inferno. Yeah, but there's another guy. He's mm. a big big guy, like wide. If we had a researcher here, we yeah, could look that yes. up. Yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll put out a call. Put and, out a call. <laughs> and in Towering Inferno, the elevator uh, snaps and it's not working. So this football player, you know, grabs the cable of the it's not elevator. Bernie Casey, or uh, was it a, was it a guy with an acting career? Uh, yeah, not a big acting. Maybe I Paul think he was that. white. I think okay. so. He was a football player. And he grabs the cable of the elevator and he tugs up an entire elevator of people. I love it. <laughs> well, your man Don Gordon is in the Towering Inferno. Oh, my God, Don Gordon. But going back to Airport 75, uh, um, Helen Reddy is a guitar strumming nun, which uh, was yes. parodied in Airport. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, but that one is really uh, George Kennedy also, who became a, oh, uh, a veteran he, of these pictures. He would. Pop up in all those. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he's in the first one, too. He's in Airport uh, 70. But these were hits, and they kept spawning sequels. And the next one uh, co-starred a former podcast guest, Airport 77, which is the one where the jet liner ends up on the bottom of the ocean. Oh, that's right. With? (laughs) Now, it was Christopher Lee. You're right, but who played Christopher Lee's wife? Former oh, podcast uh, Lee guest. Grant. Nice work. Ah, Ooh, Lee Grant. And, and wasn't Jack Lemmon the Jack uh, Lemmon was pilot? the star, and Jimmy Stewart's in it. And Joe, and keeping with the uh, the formula of of uh, old time stars, old Hollywood stars from the golden age, Olivia De Havilland and Joseph Cotton. Oh wow! So you know you got Olivia De Havilland in one. Yes. You got Helen Hayes yes. in another. You got Gloria Swanson. <laughs> they were probably on the phone with their agent saying, "Get me one of these airport movies." Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure all of those old uh, dying actors were going, "Hey, you got to get me in." It's so and so is in it, and I actually remember liking this movie, but as a, but purely as a guilty pleasure. Yes, Air, Airport seventy seven. I remember liking Jack Lemmon, and it was a kind of a different part for him. Yeah, well, it was kind of fun to see those guys in in those different roles. Yeah, you know? and cashing I mean, a check. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but the franchise, uh, the nail in the franchise's <laughs> coffin was Airport seventy nine, <laughs> the Concord. The oh, Concord. that's right! <laughs> not, not only did the movie who was, was in the Concord again? Uh, Robert Wagner. Okay. Uh, Charo. <laughs> <laughs> you think that would have sold it right there? <laughs> A French actor named Alain Delon, who I believe Alain was in Delon. that movie, oh, Mr. Klein, that you yes, talk, that you yes. liked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He was the pilot. And and with Charo there, the pilot should have been Merv Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what do you got on Airport seventy nine? The Concord. Not much, but I <clears throat> I do know that uh, you may have noticed that the con- the actual airplane, the Concord, 
no longer flies, yes. I believe, because of the reception to the movie. They finally actually was that shut it? down the that's aircraft why the SST altogether. program yes, went away. David I'm, Warner's I'm in sure. it. Oh! Uh, and George Kennedy. Of course. Yep. I think George Kennedy's in all of them. I think George Kennedy is the is the 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 recurring motif. Okay, now we got to get to the big guns. In 1972, The Poseidon Adventure. Now, here's a movie that we have talked about at length yes. Yes. on this show with Mario Cantone, with our friend Ira Glass, yeah. and it Red Buttons. Now, Ernest Red Buttons. Yeah, and your friend Stella Stevens, who you of, wanted. Oh, on this this Stella Stevens. Yeah. Is is spending the entire movie in white underwear. Yep. And she's climbing up ladders. No accident. People are people are following her up. The yeah. camera is yes. following her up the yes. ladder. And <laughs> boy, oh boy, so much but more. Stella Stevens won't yeah. do our show, will she? We tried her. We can go back to the well and see what yeah. happens. So I have a, a question for Gilbert. Go ahead. Uh, what was the Academy Award winning song? A morning after. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Why do we even bother? Why do we try? <laughs> Sung by who sang it? Oh, uh, that was that was was that Helen Reddy? No. No, no, no that was uh. Oh God. You can do it. You can. She get has this. an alliterative name. Oh, 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 uh, up, up, up. Oh, Both God. letters, same letter. Oh, all letters. right. Give me the letter then. M. Two M's. Marine yeah. McGor- McCormick? No, Marine, Marine McGovern. 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 Marine McGovern. McCormick is Marsha from the Brady Oh, Bunch. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she would have sung a bitchin' version of The Morning yes. After. Can you can you do a verse? or? Uh... There's got to be a morning after if we can hold on through the storm. This is beautiful. <laughs> and who scored that picture? Somebody who comes up a lot on this show. Uh-oh. Mr. I John should. Williams. Oh, are you kidding? Wow. Did, did he write that song? John, I don't know that he wrote the song. Me, but you can do, me, you can check that. But John Williams had history with Irwin Allen from Lost in Space. That's right. And uh, Land of the Giants and those other great uh, theme songs that he wrote. This is the first Irwin Allen uh, movie that we'll talk about too. Um, Gilbert's got the cast right. Uh, Stella Stevens, Red Buttons. I believe if this isn't bullshit, and I found this in my research, that Gene Wilder was going to play the Red Buttons part. Oh, that would make sense. James Martin was the character's name. And because uh, Carol Lindley reportedly did not get along with Red Buttons. (laughs) There was bad blood. (laughs) So maybe she'd have done better with Gene Wilder. I don't so know. Carol Lindley didn't get along Did with Red Buttons? Did not get along with Red Buttons. Oh, I, I, I want to see a whole TV movie about this. <laughs> Behind the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, just uh, like the, how they did Joan and Betty. Right. I'd this like one, to see this, this is the next episode Carol of Feud. and Red. <laughs> a miniseries. The next episode of Feud will be Red that's Buttons and Carol Lindley. That's too good. That's what I found. Oh, um, that's too good. Okay, another quiz for you. Oh, I was on a plane once. Yeah. Years ago, I was sitting in between, and I thought I was on a disaster movie waiting to happen. <laughs> I was sitting in between a Carol Lindley and Sylvia Sidney. Oh, my God. Did <laughs> you talk to them? Uh, no. Why not? No, I don't know, but... Boy, if that plane blew up, I wouldn't be the least. I wouldn't have been the least surprised. You might have been top billed. Yes. 
in, yes. the, in, the, in, the, in the blurb, in the, in the news day. Yeah. Yeah. Or I could have been in brackets and Gilbert Gottfried as Dr. Jones. <laughs> you didn't talk to Sylvia Sidney? No. She's in Dead End with yes. Bogart, for Christ's sake. That's sakes. right. You could have yes. learned about, uh, about Bogey, about your hero. Okay, so, here's some more Poseidon Adventure trivia before Paul finds it. Uh, what was the tagline <laughs> on the movie poster? The what? What was the tagline on the ooh, movie poster? Ooh. We've talked about those old posters yeah, where yeah, the stars, was, all oh, the faces. Oh, that's the tagline. Ooh, ooh. No, that was <laughs> the, the Joey Ross story. <laughs> oh, uh, for the Poseidon Adventure? Our, our, our listeners are screaming it into their devices. Oh, I know. They're it, getting pissed off. It was hell upside down. Ah, oh, that's it. very good. Yeah. The, uh, I got the composers for the morning after, but I don't know these guys. Al Kasha and Joel Hirshhorn. Joel Hirshhorn. Joel Hirshhorn, I know. He's a know famous he's name. And while we're talking about taglines, getting back to George Romero, the tagline for Dawn of the Dead was, when there's no more room in hell... The dead will walk the earth. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Brilliantly spoofed uh. by Drew Friedman and his brother Josh <laughs> in uh, in their first book. Um, let's see. What else do we want to say about the Poseidon adventure? You forgot to mention Roddy McDowell. Oh, that's right. Uh, Leslie Nielsen in a dramatic role. Oh uh, yeah. As the as the captain who looks through the binoculars, sees the tidal wave, and says, "Oh my god," <laughs> which scared and, the shit out of me when I was a kid. And Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman doing good work in Cheese. Yes. You know, yes. as as always, and the fetching Pamela Sue Martin. <laughs> um, we could talk about the Poseidon. We could just like do it's, whole shows about the Poseidon it, adventure. It's so funny that with airplane that they used uh, Leslie Nielsen. Yes, and it was like and those beginning satires where they used him. He was still the old Leslie Nielsen playing it straight. Absolutely, and that's what made it so funny. Absolutely. Also, speaking of Oscar, Shelley Winters nominated oh, for her role. And she's so famous for jumping into the water and she swimming. She gained 35 pounds for the part, and she trained with a swimming coach. She trained, I believe, an Olympic swimming coach. And I would direct our listeners to Mario Cantone's impression of Shelley Winters in the Poseidon Adventure, which you can find online in clips from Mario's show Laugh Whore. Uh, it must be seen to be believed. He's done it here. So there's an interesting bit <clears throat> on Vulture. They they asked for the origin of Don't Call Me Shirley and where oh, the show came from. And so it, what they did was went back to a lot of classic movies of an earlier era and looked for some of this dialogue and then tweaked it. So uh, they had found, uh, I think, a line like uh, the, the line was, and I'm not sure, he, he doesn't remember which movie, Shirley, You Can't Be Serious, was a line from one of the movies they screened and they added and don't call me oh they must have Shirley. felt like they'd hit and a jackpot yeah exactly so they, i mean there's a lot of like in zero hour there's a line that says um uh, stewardess can you face some unpleasant facts and she says yes but in in, in uh, this is hard to imagine out of context they change it to no and apparently got a laugh out of that in the movie. And then the other one was, remember the line from Airplane says, we need somebody who can not only fly this plane, but who didn't have, have fish, fish for, for dinner. For yeah. dinner yeah. <laughs> that was an actual line from a movie. Hilarious. That was exact line. Yeah. Hilarious. Just, uh, didn't you, yeah. weren't you on a cruise with, with David Zucker? 
Oh, uh, uh, yes. A while back. Yes. Well, we got to get him I, to do the show. I, of course, didn't ask him to do Nice work. Because <laughs> Darren didn't ask him either. Not apparently. like he's had any connection with movies <laughs> over the years. Don't ask him. And, you know, it was funny with, like, Airplane. Even You know, it was based on, um, on Zero Hour. Yeah. But, you know, most people had never heard of Zero Hour. It's right. an obscure film. And you didn't have to see zero hour to laugh. That's right. Whereas these other parodies mm-hmm. they make, it's the whole thing is like, oh, dress someone up from that movie. And the fact that we both recognize that it's from that movie, that's good enough. Well, they're yeah. too self-conscious. They're imitations <clears throat> of a parody. Yes. So and they don't and, and you know, they don't the, the filmmakers don't really have the, the talent that the Zuckers and Jim Abrams. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they, you know, at this point, there's also some interesting stuff online Sass, here that uh, this this was early in their careers. And Paramount was so nervous about the movie, they negotiated a contract which said they could fire them after one week. And it turned out the first day of shooting was the day they filmed the And Don't Call Me Shirley line. And they showed it to the Paramount execs and they said, OK, we get it. Oh, it's great. Now we get it. Yeah, yeah it's great. Go ahead. We got to have and, we got to have. One yeah. of the and in, in the beginning, they. They wanted a loaded with comedians. I remember. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They, that, had that against, t- they had a fight against that. It would yeah. have ruined yeah. it. Would have, yeah, entire. that's yeah. right. And, uh, now, was that the first movie where Leslie Nielsen yes. did comedy? Yes. That was yes. the one. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, he may have been in other comedies, but he wasn't known, certainly right, not known right. for that. But back he was in MASH then, episode. he didn't realize he was getting laughs. Once he realized he was getting laughs in those later movies sure. he did, he was getting a little too goofy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. when you watch the Poseidon Adventure now and he walks in, you start laughing. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk quickly about uh, the Posi- about the Towering and, Inferno. And Mr. Zucker, I know I didn't ask you on the boat, but if you're listening. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Which Zucker was on the boat? Was it Jerry or David? Uh, David, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll take either one. And and he was he was talking to me, and then uh, like about a month later, I thought, oh, he would have been a good person. Nice work. <laughs> you are you are on it. That's about how long it takes me to find answers to the questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would have been like Charlie Chaplin could come up to me, and I go. <laughs> Oh, he did a couple of Yeah, you movies. had a 20-minute conversation <laughs> yes. with David Allen Greer in the street and never thought to mention that you had a podcast. Let's let's squeeze in, and then we'll save the rest for, for another uh, episode. So Irwin Allen, uh, f- uh, flush from the success of the Poseidon Adventure, uh, decides he has to make another uh, big budget, uh, throw every kind of star, everything but the kitchen sink into another uh, – disaster movie so he went to option a book called the tower but it was already optioned so he optioned another book called the glass inferno and then fox and warner brothers decided to team up so this was a big deal at the time because it was two studios right actually joining forces um and that led to the towering inferno you were talking about the building that's still there this was about a fire breaking out on the 81st floor of the 138 story world's tallest building um, that was the plot. And, and, and that was how, how many stars can we throw in there and, it was, and put into peril and, and set fire to Paul right. Newman and Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember 
a Steve McQueen in a fireman's cap always struck me as funny. Well, <laughs> according to what I found, and you know, sometimes you can't believe what you find on Wikipedia or IMDb, but Steve McQueen was supposedly self-conscious about the way he looked in the fireman's helmet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny that you would pull that oh, out. Oh, he looked ridiculous. Uh, William Holden. Oh, that's right. Faye Dun- uh, did you mention Faye Dunaway? Fred Astaire, Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Uh, Robert Faye Dunaway, Vaughan. that's what back when she was really hot looking. Yeah, but how they think about it. I mean, we're talking about how movies have changed and how you couldn't get these films nominated for an Oscar today. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. Today, if you made a disaster movie, it, it would be automatically, it would be relegated to, to be movie status. You wouldn't get people that were the level of Faye Dunaway and Paul Newman and Steve this McQueen. This would be if, like, they took one of the really low budget slasher films. And it was up for five Academy Awards. And it lured yeah. George Clooney yes. and and yeah. and, San, yeah. like and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, Paul Newman was the architect. Oh, that's right. Right, and and uh, uh, Richard Chamberlain turns out to be the bad guy in that and, movie. And in every one of those movies, the bad guy is the one. Well, much like the mayor in Jaws. They care about money and not safety. It's a so, formula. So they have to die a miserable death in the movie. <laughs> and, yeah. they, and he does. <laughs> yes. Not to give anything away. Yeah. Um, and they were both written by the same writer, Sterling Siliphant, who was an Oscar winner, who wrote what? Ooh. What did he win an Oscar for writing? Also Lee Grant movie. Well, she's in it. Ooh. It starred your, one of your favorite actors, Rod Steiger. Oh, shit. Uh, 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 Heat of the Night? Correct. Yes. So here you go. So you're winning an Oscar for writing In the Heat of the Night, and then you're writing The Towering Inferno. Now, it was a big payday. Well, that was a hot night, too, in the Inferno, uh, if you were on the 83rd floor. (laughs) OJ is in it. We have to find out the other football player. Robert, yeah, so there's a guy that looks like a football player. Is named hey, do Felton you think OJ Perry. will get Felton out? Perry, maybe. Felton Perry. Do you think OJ will so. get No? I, no, I don't think Felton Perry was a what, football what about player. OJ? <laughs> I don't know about OJ. <laughs> See, by when this show airs, we'll already That's know. That's right. That's right. Whether he's walking. The That's right. Tomorrow morning. And we should look behind us. Did you ever work with OJ? I met him once. Uh huh. Did you lose a and, part to him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was originally. Going to be Iago. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) O.J. Simpson I met at a party, and he recognized me and did an imitation of me. Wow. And at now... That would be like Charles Manson yeah, imitating me. That is, yeah. that is where John Williams did the music also for The Towering Inferno. Um, and uh, yes, this is interesting. You brought up Newman and McQueen. According to, the, again, I hope it isn't bullshit. According to, uh, to what I found, McQueen insisted that they have the exact same number of lines. Oh, yes. And they I were paid that. the same amount of money. They were and- both paid a million bucks and 7% of the gross. And for the box office, and it was very, very tricky trying to figure out which name would go where on the. Well, poster. they did what they called staggering the credits. Yes, like one was first, but it was lower. Correct. And the second one was higher. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. That was, and that was in their contracts. Um, now here's my last question for you, and then we'll we'll do the rest of these uh, these movies that I wrote down. Uh, on another show because we're going to run out of time. But uh, what was the name of the Mad Magazine parody of the Poseidon Adventure? Oh, I forget. 
Anybody? No can do. The poop side down adventure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Once as witty as ever. As witty as ever. Yes. And you know what's sad is a lot of our listeners knew the answer to that yes. question. Yes. And were yelling it at their devices. Um, I would say of these movies, The Towering Inferno and The Poseidon Adventure are actually not bad for what they are. Yeah. And, they're, and, and the actors are good. And then they did Beyond the Poseidon. They did Beyond, Beyond the Poseidon the, Adventure. Sally Field in She that? sure yeah, is. Yeah. We'll save that for a future show. <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you got? That's uh, that's it. Okay. Uh, did I cover this? I covered everything. Yeah. That's it. We're up to 74. We'll do the rest of them, um, and uh, you guys know the titles. You know, you probably know where I'm going with the with the rest of them, but I'm going to sneak in some weird ones, and we'll do it on a future this, episode. This, this show actually has often been described as a disaster. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I would say that's fair. Especially <laughs> when we're looking for information. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're referring it's, to. It's a disaster and a tragedy. At the same time. <laughs> so thank you to Eric Ryan, our producer of the month for June. Uh, sorry, we're doing this in July, but we're behind and we had a lot of mini episodes to do and we had to do a tribute episodes, bonus episodes, we're calling them now. So thank you, Eric. And if you guys go to Patreon, you can uh, suggest uh, an episode premise and we'll do it if, and, uh, if we pick it. And David Zucker, if you're listening, I just realized you're in the <laughs> the movie business. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Would you like to take us out with, uh, yes. uh, with some Maureen McGovern? Oh, there's got to be a morning after if we can hold on through the storm. The end, I Something think. like that. You can, yeah. You yeah. can see why that won an Academy Award. You can yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsession. Uh, I'm sweating. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frankie. sessions.